Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's Ilana and friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day, every little thing's gonna be A-OK. known fact about my guest today. Perhaps the first time he realized that he had talent to offer was when, rather than playing baseball with his Little League team, he would dance around in the dugout for them and make them laugh. Welcome the incomparable Taylor Trench to the podcast. A-OK. A-OK. Right away, I have to be a nerd and say that I am um, your performance on the You're a Good Man Charlie Brown cast recording is like the number one best performance on a cast album of all time. Well, we're done. Thank okay, you thank so you much so much. It's been a treat. On, well, you guys Taylor. subscribe, make sure to comment and review. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um okay. I I'm blushing. I thank you for saying that it's so true. Um, without without irony. It makes me laugh and- out loud. Like I've listened to it for when did that come out? Like 2000 yeah for the last 20 years it, it makes me laugh out loud without fail you're so genius oh so it was playing like in the room when you were born well like, that's very born. kind of you can't see but i'm stretching the skin back on my face really do you have any like tricks for that that are working <laughs> just duct tape just pulled tight yeah. nice mm-hmm. or to wear your um, quarantine mask just full coverage is also helpful. Well, that has to be, I would say, there are so many horrible things about quarantine, but the mask is actually yeah, it's fantastic. Okay. <laughs> and I, I hope that- That's a beauty tip we can carry forward. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Taylor, I'm going to read the shortest, most truncated bio of your life because with Google and IMDB and IBDB Alrighty. and all the stalking people do <laughs> on the internet, they're going to find out so much more. But I'm just going to read some highlights sure. and then we're just going to jump in to all the things that make you one of the most beloved oh humans, gosh. certainly on in our community, but maybe on the globe. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll have a call in. Um, so... Hey everyone, my guest today is the extraordinary actor, Taylor Trench. I will name his Broadway credits. Uh, Some of his Broadway credits include To Kill a Mockingbird, Dear Evan Hansen, Hello Dolly, The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, Matilda and Wicked, and he also starred in the national tour of Spring Awakening. I'm not kidding when I say there are so many productions that Taylor has been involved in, but if I spent the entire episode reading that list, um, he would he would fall asleep and then I wouldn't be able to interview him. So First of all, were you in To Kill a Mockingbird when the Broadway shutdown happened? Were you still in the cast? I was. We th- we were like doing sh- we were doing the show, and then next door at the Booth Theater, we, we like share a wall with the Booth Theater, and an usher there um, got sick, 
And right. they had to like shut their show down for a second and they cleaned the whole theater. And that's when like little murmurs started to happen around our theater where they're like, do you think they'll shut us down? And it, it was like a few days later, I think that we got the call to not come. So the day that Cuomo made the announcement that venues with over 500 seats had to shut down ASAP, you were not yet at work. You got a call saying, don't come into work tonight. Exactly. Yeah, we were all at home. And I, we, I think we got an email and then got an official call. Um, and we I, we all sort of assumed maybe it would be like a couple of weeks. Right. Um, and now here we are. Yeah. So so what has uh, what have your producers or director, like what have people asked of you in this strange pause that we're in? Mm -hmm. I would imagine you are one of the shows that when Broadway comes back based on the track record of the sales and the belovedness of the play, um, you have a great shot at being one of the shows to return. Sure. Um, So what, whenever that is, so, so what news have, do you have to share if any about What's next? Um, I am so totally in the dark. Our mm. our Scott Root and our lead producer and Bart Sher, our director, have been very kind and just like checking in. Scott has sent me like so many emails just being like, how are you? Is there anything I can do? Um, and I'm like, you can give me $100,000. Yeah. Um, and did he say like, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he suddenly, I got a response back that was like, this email address is no longer... Um, <laughs> <You got it. laughs> Exactly. Um, so there's that. Yeah, so, so that's not happening. Yeah. So that's I have to go through another route, maybe. Yeah. Get his phone number. Um, yeah. Uh, or like actually, just in order of like fish from Citarella. Yeah. Actually, I aim too high. Let me <laughs> let me try, let me try. Really again. Let me go a lower. Yeah. What about like um, yeah. a bag of crackers or something? Mm. Then we'll work up. Um, yeah. So they have been like very helpful in making sure we're all doing okay, sort of like mentally, spiritually, physically. Right. But they're not really asking anything of us. I, I, like they sort of just asked what our availability is for the indefinite, few, like for the end of this year, and we'll see what happens whenever things get up and running again. But for now, we're all when just. When was your? Out. When were you contracted to be in the play until? So our um, the f- original cast did the show for one year, and then their replacement cast, led by Ed Harris and Lisa Gay Hamilton, we were all contracted for six months. So our last show was. Should have been last Sunday, the 19th. Wow. Right. And so we like perhaps had our last bow together without knowing right. it. Or um, they they need to rehearse the replacement cast. Plus there's a national tour going out. So I'm not sure if they'll ask some of the like previous Broadway company to come back to sort of buy them time to rehearse other casts. So had they started rehearsing the next? I know Greg Kinnear was coming in. Yeah, that's this right. He had like summer. just moved to New York, and I, I don't think they'd started rehearsals yet. Okay, wow. So are you guys all like? I know I was in a play at Manhattan Theater Club, and we have a thread that has continued pretty consistently since that bewildering moment mm-hmm. where we're like, "This is our last show," and that strange feeling of knowing that our set is still up right and just every once in a up. while i'm like could we just go like just for ourselves like it's you know. just, i just want it's the weirdest feeling do you where are you with that yeah it's our we they just opened up the theater i think yesterday so people could go get their things from their dressing rooms and oh. one of our cast members took a picture of like the set just sitting there alone 
like oh. cobwebs strewn about and sent it to us. And yeah, it's so bizarre that it's just. So you didn't go? You didn't go get stuff? You I, like... I didn't go. All I had plants, but they're all fake. So I thought they could weather the storm. And that's it? Like, what about all your makeup? Well, <laughs> my fa- I have so many sets of false lashes here at home. So that w- wouldn't, wasn't a problem. It's been tough right. going without my contour, my highlight and stuff, but no. I'm making it work. Did you just feel like I'm not going to risk it? I don't, I don't, there's nothing there that I need desperately. I'll wait till yeah. we're not on this stay home order. Yeah, I guess so. And I'm probably also some part of me was like, I'll feel too sad if I like go mm. into that empty theater and like unload yeah. my dressing room, like it'll feel too p- permanent or real or something. And so I'm just going to leave it in there until further notice. Right. I mean, it would be easy probably to steal things. Completely. Oh, th- oh shoot. You're right. So that, that you know, courtroom bench you've been eyeing. Right, exactly. Or like I could have gone into Ed Harris's dressing room and yes. ripped out the bidet. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yes, Ed Harris's bidet. You could sell that for a lot. <laughs> I mean, if we really wanted to do like an amazing actors' fun, oh yeah, like Broadway Cares from Flea Market, all others, so true. Yes. Ed Harris is the day, guys. <laughs> we're going to put a picture up, and you can absolutely um, <laughs> contribute. Whether it's one dollar or one million dollars, totally. you're entered to win. It's a hundred percent. And it's so, so many functions. It's a bidet, but it could also be a water fountain. You know, whatever. Totally, or just like a cozy chair or totally. a planter. Totally. Or you were you were doing the perplexed. Is that yeah. With my friend Eric Morris, who I love dearly. Oh, my God. Eric William Morris. The best. Um, what I kept thinking, you know, what was so amazing about Eric and the Perplexed is that, you know, it was a, a straight play. And every once in a while, we would get him to sing, like, yeah. a little bit. And I would see my other cast members who didn't know him, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, from his musical theater career, sure. be like, what's happening? Truly. What? is Eric doing? And I'd be like, so you don't understand. He's a brilliant actor, but also just, I literally, he'd be like, stop asking me to sing. And I made him like, like a circus animal where I'd be like, come out and you have to sing for everyone. Like it was crazy, but I just couldn't believe um, he's just a tremendous actor. Yeah, he's like, so good. Yeah. He could like melt so your knees with his voice, but he's also yes. just so good. Do you know him from like Joe Iconis and family? Like, where did you first meet each other? Yeah, that's exactly where I met Joe at Barrington Stage like a million years ago. And then he sort of like invited me to be a part of the his family in New York. And I met Eric. And the Christmas like, show. Exactly, in the Christmas show. And Eric and I did our, our like bit in the Christmas show was together and just immediately fell in love. Yeah. Um, he's a national treasure. Truly. So did you do a Joe Iconis musical or did you just meet him because you were both up at Barrington at the same time? We were both up at Barrington at the same time. And then since then, I've done like a million readings. I did like early readings of The Black Suits and I did the first reading of Be More Chill. And then every time they've gone to production, it's just been like unfortunate timing where I've been committed to something else. And so I've never gotten to like fully collaborate with him in Mm -hmm. a production. And I hope that changes yeah. Eventually. Well, now in the world of like Zoom performing, right. um, you could do a Joe Iconis musical nightly oh, if you really right. wanted to. So this is really a time for us to know, like, are you full of shit or do you really want to That's do? true. You're absolutely right. And I appreciate that. And actually now I have to, I'm set, I'm losing connection. That's so crazy. I can't hear Hello? anything you're saying. Hello, Alana. Hello. I'm right here. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh no, my I... God, you just sounded like you were starring in Seussical, like when... <laughs> Hello, Horton, is that you? Um, <laughs> wow. 
All right, sweet friend, have you ever done Seussical no, or Seussical Junior? Because that's also yeah, of course, Seussical School Edition. Um, oh, so charming. I haven't. Have you? No, my son played Horton. Wow, and I um, so I got to see it, you know, in full fifth grade glory. Yeah. Three performances. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> of the truncated version. Um, but no, but I did see it when it was on Broadway with the brilliant Kevin Chamberlain so and all those beautiful people. You would be but so good at it as Gertrude or as Maisie. Oh, yeah. Well, Zoom Let's show. do it. Just the two of us. We'll split up the roles. <laughs> oh I'll email God. you which parts. I'll highlight this script for you and we'll go for oh, it. Oh, man. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> yes, I've got You're it. You're ready? Okay, yep. Done. Ready and go. So, Taylor, I want to, um, if we may, please go on this journey together. Um, I know you're from Florida. That's yeah. all I know. <laughs> so, if you could fill in the gaps, um, I have a lot of time. You may not. <laughs> no, I've got all the time in the world. Good. So, um, you're so remarkably talented, and I guess I wonder when the i that became something you understood. Like I can do this thing. That I love to do, but other people seem to really love when I do it too. Um, th- that's very kind of you to say. Th- them's big words coming from you. Sure. Um, I, from Maisie. <laughs> from the from Maisie, Maisie in the Maisie. first, yeah. from the inaugural Zoom production of Seuss. Um, or just calling it Seuss now because we're, you know, we're in rehearsal, we're a family now, so we can kind of just throw abbreviations around exactly. and i do feel like if we wanted to get beanie involved that oh, wouldn't be the worst yeah, idea she's sour kangaroo oh <gasps> absolutely you know what i'm sorry back to you back <laughs> to you florida um, talent so. i could talk about beanie for the full duration of the podcast i know maybe that can be bonus content okay okay patreon um yes and we split that 100 percent. that goes to <laughs> <no> charity <laughs> So yeah, I, I grew up in Florida. Um, I think I started to realize that people like la- or people started laughing at me when I was doing like um, t-ball, like youth baseball. Um, I would dance around in the dugout, and like the whole team would laugh at me. And so that like I think were the first little embers of me wanting to be a performer. Um, and then I, when I was like five years old, I was reading the newspaper because I was also a seventy-year-old. Uh, woman. Um, and I saw an, an advertisement. Um, they were, it was like a posting about auditions for a community theater production of The Wizard of Oz. And I'd seen the movie and I begged my parents to let me go and audition for it. And I went in, I think the auditions were like at the local science museum, naturally. And, sure. <laughs> which is where all of my um, auditions for the oh, Broadway shows have been too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I went and I sang, this land is your land, this land is my land. And I got it, got the role of a munchkin. And like from that moment on, there was nothing else I wanted to do. So how old were you when that happened? I was, I think I was five. And then- You're so little. I know. And I, I knew instantly. Um, and I feel very lucky because you... it's so, there are so many people. I was thinking about the other day how like crazy it is that when you're 18 years old, you're supposed to like go to a four-year college or university and decide what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Yeah, I know my daughter and I, my daughter is 16 and Mm -hmm. we're just starting like the college tour thing. Right. And 
you know, when they ask just, you know, it's a general query, like, what might you be interested in majoring in? And we are just making up like, the- <laughs> <laughs> like she has no idea. Right. She's like a really great person with lots of interests totally. and 16. Like, yes. how could you possibly know? So we're like, I know it'll be like a, you know, a major in, um, psychology and a minor in French, like we're like all the, and then oh the next day it's like, Oh, zoology yeah, and, and Russian you know, literature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, and we're like all the things, all the things sound great, but it is sort of amazing. So many people who do musical theater in particular, mm-hmm. um, it was something that found them or they found it almost like at fetus totally. age. And, um, and I don't know anyone who like didn't, stick with that love right. like maybe the the you know hiring gods were less kind in some way <laughs> mm-hmm. but like they never wavered from that incredible passion and enthusiasm and the idea a that you were five years old and reading a newspaper no. and driving yourself <laughs> <laughs> to a science museum um and you know booked it got it sucked got it got it so were your parents do you have siblings by the way i do i have, I have one older sister Okay. So was your family um, equally adoring of the Broadway cast album or is this something that you brought to them? This was something I brought to them. My dad did play um, the Dormouse in a production of Alice in Wonderland when he was a small child. And my mom- So he got it. Yeah, he got it. And my mom uh, did sing the day by day solo in a production of Godspell in like high school. So they both had like dipped their- little toes into it but it was like not a current interest of theirs at all when I like wanted to, like oh, they didn't there were no like cast albums of Broadway shows around the house um but since then since I've like made this my entire life my mom is now on the board of directors at a regional theater in Florida and they like when they come to New York to see me in a show they'll go see a bunch of other things too so yeah they've like really fallen in love with it and so did you um did you work professionally as a kid? I didn't. Although when I was like 11 years old, I was starting to get really serious about it. And we met this manager from LA and she invited me to come live with her. And so I left my parents. Not weird. Nope. Not, yeah. creepy. <laughs> no. Not creepy at all. Nope. Um, her name was Donna Jean. That was sort of her first name. All one word. Donna Jean, last name Goheen. Um, and she invited me to stay with her and my parents just sent me to live with this strange woman. And there were like a few other actors in the house and she would drive us to classes and auditions. Um, and some of the kids like went on to become very successful. Um, like who? Like Hunter who Parrish uh-huh. who was in Weeds and um, has done some theater as well. Sure. Um, and who else? Uh the actress named Joy Jorgensen went on to be in Desperate Housewives as one of the uh, like one of the kids of the Housewives, which is huge for us at the time. Um, I think like America Ferreira was in the group. Like it was a lot of people who like went on to have long lasting careers. Wow! Can you? I just need to stay here for a minute. Can Please. we? Yeah, of course. So, so you're 11. Mm-hmm. A woman comes to Florida to sort of do. Um, a meet and greet with like local talent. Mm-hmm. Like how does this all, yes. Yeah, like I think somehow she, you find out about this and. I, I, she must've stopped in like a couple of like major cities. Cause it like um, Hunter Parrish is from Dallas. So I think she probably stopped there and then Tampa, Florida 
and I'm sure like a handful of other places. And she would like pick a kid from each area, like a, a kid or two. And I, I don't know if I found out about it or if my parents found out. I think it must have been like um, presented as like a Q&A for like parents who have questions about the industry. Right. And then at the end, it was like a pyramid scheme and she was like going to snatch your children away. Did you audition for her? I don't know. I don't remember. I must have. I must have like read something like a commercial for cold medicine. And she was like, he's got it. He's fantastic. She was right. Yeah. So wait. So do you go during the school year? Do you go during summer? Like how does that, do you rem- I mean, if you don't remember in detail, that's fine. No. But if you do, I'd love to know like everything you can tell me about this, what it was like in her house, yeah. what, what happened? So I, it was like mainly the summers. I would go for like four or five months, like during the summertime. And I, I went for like two or three. No, four or five weeks. Four, four, no months. Oh, so four or five months. Yeah. Okay, so you'd like school ends in Florida in and May because it's to, super hot. Yeah. And you'd go to her house, and you'd stay until school began again. Exactly, and then I'd like, yeah, I'd live in her house. Um, and did you all like did like did she have a family also? She had a daughter. She had an adult daughter who um, was like a child actress, and then sort of gave it up. It would help with like managing all these kids and like cooking and cleaning and like basically taking care of us. Um, so was this super fun? Yeah, I I had uh, the best time. I do have this memory. I I don't know why this is the thing that sticks out of my, like my entire. It was like two or three years I did this. Okay. Um, and it was so also like summer in LA is like kind of like a dead time. Like I would get there and like I'd go on auditions, but basically every age, oh excuse me, I'm dying. Every agent and casting director would be like, don't come back like in like during pilot season, but I would be having, I'd You're be like, in school. I can. I have, I'm doing the science <laughs> right, fair. Like, I, can. I have a musical rehearsal. Yes. Um, with Alana truly. in the future. Oh yeah. I just I have to prep now. I have to start sort of laying the foundation for my character. Totally. So we're kids booking jobs and you're living with kids who are getting jobs. It sounds like you did not book professional jobs. Correct. Yeah. All, almost every the single child got like a major show, like a, a television show or a film or like a national commercial campaign. You. And I got diddly squat. There was a night where everyone left the house to go. They were all filming the same thing. And I was the only kid in the house who didn't get it. And her sweet, Donna Jean's sweet, sweet daughter, Rachel, threw yes. a pizza party for me. I think it was called Pizza Party 2001. For the losers. For the losers. It was just her, it was just me, like 12-year-old me and her. And we ordered pizza and she like made signs for me. It was so sweet. And then the pizza man got to the door and we realized we didn't have any cash. And so we had to pay him in change. And we were like, it probably was like 15 minutes of us counting out change for this poor man. All right. So this is fascinating because I just talked to your friend, Rebecca (gasps) Naomi Jones, yesterday, who, and we will talk about Leading Love. Is that the name Mm -hmm, of the podcast mm -hmm. you are part of? With the brilliant Annie Golden and Mark Kudish yeah. and Sarah Skiles as well. Yes. Um, and I do want to talk about that because it's very cool how people are creating content in this very strange stay home time. But Rebecca was telling me that she was in or filming this series about Aretha Franklin. Right. And that Cynthia Erivo was playing Aretha. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And that they had to replace a, a kid. I think young Aretha is being replaced. And we were sort of like musing on whether at 11, if that kind of being fired or replaced 
um, devastates you in the way it does, you know, a 40 year old human. Totally. And I'm thinking about now you at that same age, like when you're 11 Mm -hmm. and this poor girl is going to be like, that's now two podcasts focusing on the fact that I was fired. (laughs) like enough she's a child um but it only is to say that i feel in my mind that kids just process it in a very different way and you kept going back so obviously it wasn't so traumatizing that you couldn't handle the not getting right work yeah i think it was less the like rejection of the job and more the fact that i was the only person who like wasn't getting to go to the same place as the other kids right and and so for some reason, Donna Jean Correct. kept having you back. Yes. Saw, saw early on what now the world sees, oh. which is you're just this singular talent. But um, you kept going even in the face of that. Totally. I loved it so much. I will say also that she, I was, so I was like 12 years old. I weighed, I weighed more probably as a 12 year old than I do now as a 30 year old adult, right. like super chubby. And she told me one time she like pulled me aside for a little one-on-one meeting. And she told me that she envisioned my career as sort of like Vin Diesel adjacent. Um, And that hasn't panned out exactly. um, She was like, she was like, she said that to chubby, sweet 12 year old Taylor. Correct. From Tampa, Florida. She was like, that's kind of what I see you doing. And I was like, so uh she really had her finger on the. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sort of a visionary. But was that kind of aspirational for you at the time? Was that like, wow, that's amazing? Yeah. Or did that seem insane? Yeah, I think I knew. I think even then I was like, lady, <laughs> like, no. I am many things. Yeah, but Vin well, Diesel, I am not. Well, when did you, um, did you stop being chubby because you just went through like hormonal changes or was that something that you worked on it was largely I think just that like I started getting taller and the weight Uh like got distributed um and it was also my mom one day I was like sitting on the couch eating a family-sized bag of Cheeto puffs and my mom was like what what if just throwing this out what if at 4 p.m you stopped eating for a second and just gave yourself a breather till dinner time and I was like huh and I think I like looked down and really saw my belly for the first time um (laughs) And, and she she is like the most loving, supportive mother. And it was never like body shamey or anything like that. It was just truly, she was like, one day you're going to like full violet Beauregard, like turn into a blueberry because I was eating around the clock. Like I would wake up, start eating and wouldn't stop until like my head hit the pillow. Right. Um, You were hungry. I was hungry. Still am quite honestly. Yeah. So you... Are you like the kid starring in every musical in your middle school and high school? I was. I In sixth grade, I played the role of Charlie Brown and the eighth graders were furious because that was mm. not the like a normal thing. Right. Usually like that was, it was seniority rule. Exactly. Yes. Um, but that's what you did. Uh, you, did you sing the kite song? You better believe I did. Oh my God. Do you remember the beginning of it? Um, sort of. I do. I remember, I definitely sang at the octave up. Um, okay. So it was like pure child soprano, like little more speed, little more love. Go like a stupid kind to fly, like just opera singer. And you think the seniors were mad because you were 
younger. Yeah. Oh, for sure. They were like, how dare this like new student come in and sweep the role from right under our feet. Yeah. All right. So you're doing what were all the like great roles that you got to do in high school? Um, I went to a performing arts high school. And so we did like several shows a year. Um, But some highlights include um, Jack and Into the Woods was a favorite. Beautiful. um, Where our, I had a very cool, very smart theater teacher who is now the artistic director of the regional theater my mom is on the board of directors for. He, I remember there were like eight mysterious men and like we were all let out onto the stage in blindfolds. And I just remember like loving it so deeply. I was like, we are doing the coolest thing in the world. Like yes. We are changing minds. Yes. Um, so jacking into the woods. What else did I do? Um, I was miscast as father in ragtime. Um, we did the, we did that play metamorphosis that was, um, off Broadway in New York like decades ago that was like set in and around a swimming pool and they built a swimming pool at our high school. Wow. Yeah. So this was an incredible theater program. Yes. And our, my teacher, Eric Davis, like, I think I always wanted to pursue it professionally, but I think he gave me the confidence and sort of like, he really treated us like professional actors. And I think he gave me the confidence and sort of like the facility to begin um, like approaching it or begin like um going after it striving for a career right that it's not crazy yes like why not right um so it is no i'm not outing you there are lots of like instagram like little uh, sorry youtube things and different things with you um uh and being an out person yes yeah and you know with your partner Uh and what if I was um, like, how dare you? <laughs> no, not live. Anything can happen. Um, so were you out in high school? I was. I came out, um, I think it was my, the summer after my junior year of high school, I went to a theater camp um, that is now called the Performing Arts Project, which if there are any young people listening, it's an amazing uh, like training facility that is like so fun and unlike any other program, it's like all about creating, being creative and less about like trying to like put on a show. Um, uh-huh. And I just loved it and I highly recommend it. And I think that summer, the everyone, because it was like a musical theater camp, essentially, most of the kids just assumed I was gay. And so it was like a really nice first step in coming out that I didn't have to say it. And people just sort of thought that I was. Um, and so I like guess I first came out there, and then when I came back to school senior year, I like came out to all my friends. And was that uh, how how was that for you and with your family? Um, terrifying. I think even if you are like surrounded by the most loving, open minded, open hearted people, there's just something so scary about saying that out loud. But yeah. I, every all of my friends, my parents, my sister, they were all like couldn't have been more um supportive and generous with their time and they were such good listeners it was the best so when you look back did you know long before then or did you need these kids at camp to like put it into a sentence for you i think i i think i knew i did a very illegal production of a harry potter play um <laughs> in like when i was like maybe 10 in community theater, very illegal, very highly illegal. 
Um, <laughs> sorry to the estate. Sorry, Jake. Yeah. Darling. And uh, the, I think they're the actor who played Professor Dumbledore slash the man in the portrait. It was sort of a, like, yeah, he played like all the like adult characters. He was gay. And I think I recognized myself in that. And that was going to be the first time I was aware of it. Right. Um, so you went, you're, there's sort of like a story about you that you went to college, but you didn't finish college because unlike your summers with Donna Jean, um, <laughs> life got really busy for you professionally really quickly. Um, once, wait, where did you go to college? I went to Elon, Elon, Univ- <laughs> Elon University. It's like a tiny liberal arts college in North Carolina. How did you, like of all the schools, right. like how was that on your radar and how did that happen? So at the, at this theater camp that I went to, um, there were casting directors would come and like Broadway directors and they sort of would like tell the kids, these are, here are like the leading schools for theater training. And they would, you know, they mentioned like University of Michigan and Carnegie Mellon and Juilliard, right. all the ones we're all familiar with. And then one casting director was like, I'm going to tell you about a school that you probably never heard of, but I highly recommend. Um, And that's why I found out about Elon. And then I went to visit and um, fell in love, but also it was the only school that I got into. So (laughs) perfect. That's perfect. Exactly. Done. Exactly. So how did you end up um, getting cast in a show professionally while you were still in school? Yeah. So I, um, and don't try this at home. (laughs) Yeah. Stay in school. Yeah. Um, uh, my senior year of high school, um, like another high school in the area, their theater teacher reached out to me and said that he had seen Spring Awakening off Broadway and they were looking, it was transferring to Broadway and they were looking for young actors. Um, and the first person he thought of was me after seeing the show, which was so nice. And so he came Sweet. back to Tampa after that trip to New York and told me about it. And I sent in a video audition and of, I, of of from the show like like unsolicited they had a website where you could yeah you could just send in unsolicited auditions because they wanted like real sort of like raw untrained teens right um which sounds like a gross website yeah um, <laughs> but i so i sent in a video of myself singing and i didn't hear anything and i and like so broadway didn't happen and then the national they announced like the national tour was happening and so I sent in another video and then I got a call back um, and I like did some scenes and songs from the show and I didn't get it. And then the tour entered its second year and they called me, the casting director called me this time and was like, we'd love for you to come to New York and audition again. And I did and I got it and I got it and I uh, spent a year doing Spring Awakening on the road. Uh, you got to sing all those songs. The best. I miss it every day. I do you? Yeah. Who? Well, that's Friday night Zoom. There's don't miss it. Do it. <laughs> We're doing musical <laughs> and Spring Awakening in rep because famously oh, sort of has the same skill set. Yes, and then a lot of Joe Icon, and then like Broadway Bounty yeah. Hunter. We're going to do all of that. Um, how? Who was in the tour with you? Um, on tour with me was Christy Altamar, who played Anastasia on Broadway recently and Andy Mientis who was in Smash among many other things Ben Fankhauser who was in Newsies Um, so so many people who have had long long careers in theater 
And was that a big conversation for you and your family to not, what year of college were you in when that happened? I was in my second year and I got the call. I, my, I remember my, my freshman year when I auditioned for the tour the first time around and didn't get it. My professors were like, were not, um, didn't think it was like in my best interest to leave school and, and do it. Um, right. So they, there were, there was some hesitancy there. Is that a word? Hesitancy? Yes. Cool. Absolutely. Good. I was just, I, I knew, so. and I was just sort of testing you. Yes, so I knew. No, I got yeah, it. Good. Hey, I did all four years. So. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm looking now. <laughs> um, and then when I got the job the second year of school, I think I, I must have been home for a break. And I got, I was like asleep in my bedroom, and I got a call saying that I got it. And oh my, God. my dad. Room. In my childhood bedroom, and my dad was standing outside of the door because he heard the conversation, and I opened the door, and he was crying. And oh I think God. it was it was the first time he saw that, like, oh, I was like maybe going to be okay doing yes. this for a career. Like, I was someone was going to pay me to do this, and I think yeah. it like eased his any anxiety that he had about like how hard my life would be. Did um did Michael Mayer have anything like would he pop in when you were doing the tour or who put you into that show? Yeah, we I learned the show from our stage manager, our production stage manager. The full like there were only a few of us who came in as replacements. Most of the okay. first year cast stayed on. Um but yeah, the stage managers taught us the blocking and then Michael Mayer and Tom Hulse, the producer, and Kim Grigsby, the original music director, they all came and spent several weeks with us and sort of like finessed and directed and like let us take ownership over the show. Did you know that Kim was the conductor for Charlie Brown every night? You bet your bones I did. And she was also on stage in To Kill a Mockingbird every night playing a pump organ. Yeah, yeah. She's been a major through line for me. You've just been in sort of one classic after another. And I look at the casts of people and the directors that, you know, keep hiring you. And, you know, when I told Beanie Feldstein that I was going to be interviewing you, she's like, you're just, you're going to laugh so hard. <laughs> you don't even know how hard you're going to laugh. Um, and it, I've laughed a little. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know. I just, I just literally broke out on hives when you said that because I was like, I haven't been funny even for one second. No, I haven't I had a know. single I mean... original thought or joke. <laughs> no, but, but like. She's like, obviously, like most beloved. I love him. Yeah. He's brilliant. But like, you're so, um, you really are so funny and so quick. And and is that something like you've just always had that? Like, does your brain just work that fast all the time? I think it must have been a defense mechanism. Mm. Um, especially like growing up, like playing sport, like doing t-ball, doing like youth soccer, I, I very quickly learned that I was like not a skilled athlete. And so I was like, what can I do to make these people like me? And like, I need to make sure that I can like get to the joke and make fun of myself before they can. Right. And so I'm, right. I'm sure it was just like that. Um, but you're a really good dancer. Oof, that is simply not true. Yourself, really? So you're like a great mover? Like you're a Yeah, a I can fake- move. Beanie and I... Famously, the breakdown for Minnie Faye and Barnaby and Hello Dolly ended with, in all capital letters, strong dancer. Mm-hmm. And Beanie, on her way to, I think on her way to our very first rehearsal, her dad called. She was about to walk in the doors to meet Bette Midler for the first time. Her dad called and was like, Beanie, I just saw the breakdown for your character. It says strong dancer. What are you going to do? I'm really worried about you. 
Um, and she was like, thanks. Thank you for your confidence in me. Thank you. Yes. Um, but we were both like shaking in our boots because ne- neither of us views ourselves as a, as a strong dancer, especially not in all caps. In Hello, Dolly. Um, you guys nailed it. Hey, thanks. It was so charming. It was also charming. Um, is it true that your first preview had a, a, a illness slash disaster? Is that like an apocryphal story? That or is a real true. Story? That is true. I got food poisoning. And Do you know from where? I think it was from a gift from David Hyde Pierce. And it, mm, it absolutely pains did. me to say because he is so, no, the number one person in the history of the earth. But he did poison me. He did try to kill me that day. He's so threatening. I know. (laughs) He gave me a cookie, and the he gave everybody a cookie for no. (laughs) Oh my god, that would be horrible. Um, And then I come back, and he's in my dressing room in my costume and wig. Um, (laughs) He gave everybody cookies, and he. I'm vegan, and there are people in the cast who are gluten free, and he like went out of his way to like have this baker make like one vegan cookie for me and like three gluten-free cookies for the rest of the other people in the cast with dietary restrictions. Right. And the kosher, all the kosher people. Exactly. Perev. Parv. Parva. Perev. What am I? I don't know Parv. anything. Thank you. Um, Parva. Parva. <laughs> You've had, you had a Jewish boyfriend or two. Yeah, that's you, true. That's true. You, I've Parva, got one now. That's a good one. There you go. Ask him. Um, Ask him how to spell it. And if there's no UO on it, done. don't need I'm it. out of there. Um, so he gave, he like went out of the, out of his way to like arrange for that. It was so kind. And I like took one bite and just turned green. Um, and I felt sick before the show and I I think I threw up a little bit and then I was like, well, I I threw up, that's good. It's out of my system. And then Mm. we started doing the show and, um, Gavin and I were wearing like wool suits. I think the, the like fabric of my jacket was literally like couch upholstery, it was so oh. heavy. We were under like bright lights. I was in a wig. I was just like locking Dang. in like soup, like Taylor soup yeah. inside. And yeah. I started to like get so nauseous again. And I was, we were doing a song where there's a lot of movement and I was hiding under a table and I started to throw up in my mouth and I was having to like give myself a pep talk. Like you only have to be on stage for five more minutes and then you have a break. Yes. And yeah. I, I came out of the table and Beanie and I are supposed to dance together. And she, strongly. Strongly, strongly in all caps. And she turns to Bette Midler to like get permission to dance. Um, right. And that was directed. She didn't have to do that. Bette wasn't, right. didn't have to do that every night. That was- No, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, but every evening, you must beg me. Yeah. To do this. Yes. Before you, you make any it. choice on the stage, consult <laughs> with me. I would gladly do it. Um, but so she, it's staged where she like looks to Bette to be like, do I do it? And she says, yes. And Beanie turns back around and I'm gone. And I've run into the wings, barf, like starting to escape my lips. And what comes out of me into the trash can um, stage right and the stage right wing is like the sheer volume of liquid. I can only compare it to like a water cooler at an office building like those giant jugs of water. Like if someone yeah. just dumped that out, that was how much barf came out of me. I'm imagining a fire hydrant. Like Truly. some kids opening up a fire hydrant. Yeah, like Saturday like, Night Live, like barf yeah. sketch, like just yeah, spewing. And I remember someone put their, my understudy was like also in the wing, just staring at me with the largest eyes I've ever seen on a person. Yeah, like I've had no rehearsal Correct. yet. There's no way. Like he's There's like, no you way. better stop. And then someone, <laughs> someone put their hand on my back and was like, you don't have to do this. 
And then I turned over my shoulder and saw Jessica Lee Golden, who was in the ensemble, who who is a strong dancer in all caps, like the strongest dancer. FYI, yes. And I was like, she would go back out there. And so I like yeah. wiped my mouth and ran back out on stage and finished the number. How long do you think that, like, while you're off stage, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure you and the cast have compared notes. What was happening on stage while you're barfing off stage? Beanie improvised a dance, a solo dance that was supposed to be a partner dance, um, which I wish I could go back in time and see it because <laughs> no, it was her it was her no. first time ever on a Broadway stage and she had to send her no. stage like improvise a dance. <laughs> I'm sure some person uh, did a bootleg filming sure. that night. And guys, it's no Please. one will be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> no one will be in trouble. Please share. It's it with actually us. so important that you upload this. It would be a gift. Yes, to the entire universe, and it'll be at the Smithsonian one day. <laughs> so that's how it started. So, had you known Bette Midler before you got this job? As a fan, yes. Like First Wives Club is one of my favorite movies of all time. She's. I mean, a legend, an icon. Right. Um, And then, yeah, we walked into rehearsal that first day and met her. And she was like in a sketcher shape up and um, like a velour track suit. And I was like, absolutely, let's do this. Yes. And warm and normal. Yeah, so totally normal. It was like almost like you would scan the room and like miss her the first time. Yes. Well, she's also little. She's the tiniest, yeah. Right. It's it's like so crazy. I just remember seeing it and my husband and I looking around like there had been no precedent for anything like this where I know. the audience was on its feet, like freaking screaming. out, screaming like many, many minutes yeah. before the show could start. Like it was just- It was like Beatlemania or like being yes. at Oprah's favorite things. Like pe- yes. people were just yes. like, it was like primal, just screaming. Yes. And just understanding, you know, I was explaining to Dominic, like it's it's like this incredible shared history totally. between us. I mean, she's so beloved by so many, mm-hmm. but specifically the gay community yes. and their- appreciation i was like these are like this is bathhouse history this is like there's so much going on here it's like larry kramer it just was so moving but i just started sobbing like i didn't even know what was happening but i just understood the power of like this isn't like celine dion in vegas who by the way also deserves all of that that. yes a host of other reasons right but it's that energy. Mm-hmm. It's like that insanity, um, but based on this incredible uh, generosity. Yeah, it was. And, it was so moving. Cool. I cried during the title number every night because yeah, there was the, the like double meaning also of the lyrics of like Dolly's coming back. Like those aren't the lyrics. <laughs> um, those famous lyrics: Dolly's on her way, and she's here, and she here she is. You know those famous <laughs> words. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was like there was. The, By the way, no, guys, no, <laughs> at all. Yeah, it was. It was so moving to like see her back on Broadway and in this like the role also has such a huge like history and Carol Channing was so beloved for doing it. It was just like an amazing like moment of like beautiful alchemy between actress and role and show and cast. Yeah. And then I got to come back and see it because my sweet friend Donna Murphy was uh, in it. So good. Oh my God. Like a whole other perfect totally inhabiting. A brand new show. 
Yeah. And, and all of you kind of um, understanding how that works because you guys were all like doing your thing, but somehow adjusting it at the same time Mm -hmm. for, I don't know, it was stunning. And you and Gavin and Kate Baldwin and Beanie, that foursome Uh. was one of the most special things to witness I feel, on Broadway. I feel so lucky to have been a part of it and especially to have worked with those with those three. It was like we just had the best time together. And we felt that. Like we really felt that. And it's um so thank you. All of this is to say uh, thank you. You're welcome. Um thank and you. I, <laughs> and I know that you had one of these rare um well not rare for you because apparently this is always how it is for you. Uh, you knew that you were going to leave Dolly and go to Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. So you, did you audition for Dear Evan Hansen? Um, I like, technically, yes. I had a, it was like a, a meeting, I guess, where I sang some, some songs from the show. Um, okay. But Michael Greif, um, while I was doing Hello Dolly, like reached out to me and asked me to come see the show. And I think... Um, even though I had to come in and meet the team and, and sing the songs, right. there was like some part of me underneath that knew there was like a pretty good chance that I was going to do it. Like, unless you did something awful. Right. Like, unless I came in like, and just like showed my butt to the whole creative team, right. which actually maybe right. could have worked in my favor. Yes. Um, I don't get to see it yeah, a ton. So who knows? Maybe it's no. would have, maybe it's would have gotten me a lot of jobs. Exactly. But there, but we digress. But we digress. So, you, I mean, it's so wild, the kind of um, uh, connections, like all of this, like Beanie and Ben, and mm-hmm. then you go, like you guys working to, like all of it is just so beautiful, the kind of um, that chemistry or, or universal desire for these good things to happen. Did you know Ben Platt before you did Dear Evan Hansen? I did. I met him at Barrington Stage to bring it back Black to Barrington. I, I saw him in the black suits. After Me I'd too. Like I wonder if we were there. Oh my the god! Same <gasps> night, day. I, I hope. I wish. I bet we. I bet we did. We did sit next to each other at um, was it Ink on the opening night of Ink on Broadway? Where were we? I think it was Ink. Was it Ink? I think so. I, okay. Um. Anyway, that's not. Couldn't be. Um. No. Anyway. Um. So I met Ben there. We like immediately became friends. I went, uh, yeah, I went to see the Black Suits starring the one and only Ben Platt. Um, yeah. We like hung and out Will afterwards and, and Will Rowland, but of course, and we just like instantly hit it off. Um, and he, I, I think uh, another big, big reason I got Dear Evan Hansen is because he was like an advocate for me. I think he mm. brought my name up to everybody. I'd worked with Michael Greif before doing the revival of Rent, but I think Ben like kind of put me into the creative team's mind minds um right and so i like am eternally grateful to him yeah um and so noah galvin did it for like a a, yeah a a couple of months in between uh yeah like the space between ben finishing and me ending my contract at hello dolly he like masterfully played the part for two months so he's the sweetest the best he's the sweetest too so was that the first time uh you had the titular role in a show in that way i think with the exception of you're a good man charlie brown in sixth grade i think so yeah and so how i mean so to be number one on the call sheet as it were to kind of step in to this 
moment with this play and all of um, of what it means to so many people and people going, that was a show that people go back to see over and over mm-hmm. again, which is amazing because it's such a, I mean, tickets for Broadway shows are so expensive yes. and it's so amazing to me um, that people can do that. Mm-hmm. What, can you talk about that? What it was, did you rehearse it while you were still performing Hello Dolly or did you have a moment where you could just focus on Dear Evan Hansen. I I rehearsed during Hello Dolly because the plan was that I would start, like I would finish Hello Dolly on a Sunday and on Tuesday I would go into Dear Evan Hansen. Oh my God. And is that what happened? It isn't what happened. I think I I ended up getting like maybe a week or so. (laughs) Exactly. They heard heard that I was famous for throwing up on first performances and they were like, maybe let's give him a second. Um, So I think I had like a week. I think Noah added like a week or two to his contract. So that okay. I could have time to sort of like just dedicate some like focus and like my mental, all of my power and attention to Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Um, um, was the whole original cast still in the show when you came in? They were, which is a huge selling point. I mean, I would have like, if they asked me to come and like, um, pl- like plunge Ben's toilet, I would have been like, sure. Oh, of course, of course. But, but, but really I, when I found out that like the original cast was staying, that was like, I was so excited because I remember I, I didn't see the show until I like went in to have the meeting with, with Michael Greif and, and Benj and Justin and Steven. Right. Um, and I, 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 everyone, you know, for so long, everyone had been like, you have to see what Ben is doing. It's so, it's like superhuman. It's the stuff of legend. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I came in like fully prepped to like yes. have my like wig blown off. Um, yeah. And I hadn't been prepped for like the, like true genius of everyone on that stage around him mm-hmm. like jennifer laura thompson and rachel bay jones obviously and will roland and crystal and lloyd and mike feist and michael park every other person on that stage was like doing something so beautiful and so hard but because they weren't like at the center of the story it just like right wasn't being talked about as much but i fell in love with what each one of them was doing so like right. wholeheartedly. And so I felt so lucky I got to do the show with them. And then there were right. replacements that I got to do the show with as well that I also had the best time doing with Hello. Did you, his imprint on that role oh, yeah. and the creating of it, it's, it was just astonishing yes. on every level. Um, but you had the great fortune of knowing him. So did you guys talk about it at all? Did he sort of... How did you guys handle that as friends in terms of the sharing of Evan Hansen DNA? Yeah, he would give me so he from the show. He would come to the Hello Dolly Theater and we would have like three hour long note sessions um, where he would just kind of tell me, "This is what I did tonight, and this is what you will do if you're smart." <laughs> um, no, he was like so he like really took a step back and like let me figure it out uh-huh. on my own and like make new decisions about it and I because I only got to see it the one time before doing it I also like I had a like a vague memory of seeing the show but right but you weren't burdened with oh my god how do I do that exactly and yeah like and I wasn't I I would read the script and I didn't have like line reading stuck in my head Mm -hmm. like um so he like gave me a lot of space and let me like make new decisions and figure things out on my own but then was also like very available for every time I would text him to be like, what do you do if um, it feels like your throat like fell out of your butt during the show? And what do you do? And um, he would say like, put, put it put it back up your butt. 
um, uh-huh. like and so like get stitch like use stitching yeah stitching to kind of hold it exactly. Did you feel like you had to um, handle your physical and vocal self differently for that show, or were you able to do it without dying? Um, it was very hard. Um, mm-hmm. like easily the hardest that and, and the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime are like, will forever be, I think the hardest things I'll ever have to do. Um, but I do, I did, there were times when I felt like I could have a, a little bit of a life outside of the music box theater, but it was, right. I, I, in addition to not considering myself a strong dancer in all caps, I am also not a strong singer in all caps. And that's not a great, um, that is like world view for yourself, or like it's not a great that's used Taylor, to stop. You're crazy. You're out of your mind. You can say that, but <laughs> I've just spent the last 48 hours doing nothing but watching YouTube clips <laughs> of you singing and any extended performance that I could find. And in particular, your Evan, your your vocals are just astonishing. That's... And that's true in every single thing you've done. So I disagree. And that's that I, the only reason I came on this podcast was eventually exactly. to get to you saying that. And now that I've got it, I'm out. Okay. So if you really feel that way, and I know we're, you know, we're going to run out of time. So I, I also want to touch on some other right, things, yes. but if you really do feel that way, and then how do you take on um, basically the aria that is <laughs> Evan Hansen right. and feel like you're going to be able to do it? Did Donna Jean come in and be like, oh, <laughs> you're Jim Diesel adjacent. You got it. Like, I how, wish. how did you take it on in that way then? Um, also a 30 second story. One time she okay. came out of the bathroom at the house in LA. She came yeah. out of the bathroom holding an empty roll of toilet paper and screamed at us and was like, you know, in some countries, children get one square of toilet tissue. One. And she was so mad at us that we had used toilet paper. Um, and are you guys, I love, we love you, Miss Hannigan. Like, <laughs> I'll shine this. I did, until, yeah. yeah, I did have that vision. Like when you described this house yeah. of like orphans. Yeah. A little, I mean, a little bit. Um, anyway, but yeah, I um, what the strangeness of that experience was, but um, mostly, mostly it was a good pizza party. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, so the people, yeah. the people who helped me prepare for it were Liz Kaplan, who is like the best um, vocal teacher and also like, therapist I think in addition to helping me like get stamina and um like technique to access that part of my voice like every night she was also just like so important for my my mental health she made me uh-huh. I had such a low 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 opinion of myself as a singer going into it and she gave me like a a lot more confidence um that I'm so confused by that statement since you have been um able to do you know from spring awakening to rent to matilda to wicked like all of these i'm sure i'm missing some but i'm and i'll send i'll be sending an email afterwards um like i really can't believe you're saying that did you think all those musical roles were like well i'm I'm a good actor. Like what, why, what are you saying? Yeah, I guess it's, I've always like felt that like the acting thing, like that's going okay. And like, I knew that I could make people laugh. And I think also like with Spring Awakening and Rent, it was like, you didn't have to be like technically the best singer. It was like a sound and a style. And that was like, I, I could do. 
Um, but like taking on something as monstrous as Dear Evan Hansen, where the person who originated the role is like one of the best singers we have right now in musical theater. Right. And my boyfriend, Ben Ross, who did it on the national tour, like also is one of the best singers there is. And so I was like sandwiched between these two vocal powerhouses. And I just knew like from listening to myself and also like things people had said to me, like teachers and and music directors over the years, I just knew that I was not in the same league as those people. And that's like so fine. I have like mm. other unique gifts, but right. Um, yeah it was like a big the experience of doing Dear Evan Hansen was like a big lesson in me trying to like just take ownership of my voice and be like this is what I sound like and that's okay and I'm like I'm sorry that I don't sound like Ben but also I'm not sorry and like this is just what the show is now so like just try to listen to the story and I hope you can enjoy it and they did and you did it I did it you did it I I think by the way the idea that like two Evan Hansen's are together that's so gross <laughs> what like do you geez, like that's that's so fascinating yeah it's, it's did you meet did you meet because of evan hansen we did he was the understudy on broadway when i joined and i showed so up showman's exactly i showed up to my first day of rehearsal and was like hubba hubba um and he then tricked me i was like the whole like don't don't date people you work with and so i was trying to push him away and then he tricked me and invited me to a um, to see Call Me By Your Name and told me that like a bunch of people were coming. And then as I walked up to the theater. Comedy. Yeah. As- <laughs> it's a comedy. I know Simon. <laughs> it's a film adaptation of Rumors. Um, as I walked up to the theater, he was like, oh, everybody canceled. Um, it's just going to be us. But he had never invited anybody. Nope. Nope. And so that sealed the deal. And we've it's been like... We're coming up on three years this fall. That is incredible. You know. Because in actor years, that's one yeah, million. Yeah, truly. So did you guys keep it a secret at work? Um I get not um I don't think like intentionally, but be like just because we're both like love to like be professional or I don't know what I'm saying, but right. we both like take the job seriously. Like we love to have fun, right. but also like are feel very lucky to be working actors. And so we would like come in and it was like work time. And so I think people didn't realize it until like much later. But how fun. Like there's nothing more fun. Yeah. Secrets are fun. Oh my God. So um, fun. Right. And just to go to work in such an unbelievably difficult role emotionally and to have like this incredible love yeah. in the same building at the same time. Yes. That's incredible. Oh. And then he went off to do the national tour. Yeah. And he did the tour. And it was, that was also so nice to, have somebody who knew exactly what you're doing every night. Like right. never have so I ever been able to like truly relate to somebody as much. Literally. That's, that's like twinning. Right. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so was he doing the tour while you were doing, he left the understudy role to go do the tour while you were still on Broadway. Yeah. He left. I had a couple more months left on Broadway and then I had some time in between Dear Evan Hansen and To Kill a Mockingbird. And during that time I would like go out to visit him and, Crazy. Cities across the country. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So To Kill a Mockingbird, um, another brilliant, beautiful big play so to good. move into. And you got to rest your voice a little yes. bit. Or you right? Like it's a lot of talking, but not a lot of intense singing. Exactly. Um, I really, really hope 
that you get to come back in that place so I get to see it. Um, and then I'll get to see my friend Neil Huff because now Gosh, he's in another part, I know. right? And like, so it's so crazy how good he is at both of them. Yeah, such a sweetheart. And I met Ben Platt because Greg Kinnear and I played husband and wife in a play up at New York Stage and Film, and Ben was our son. Oh, no way. And that was right before he went to do Black Suits. Was Literally, that? like, he left that play oh and gosh. went to do this play, and then I went to Barrington oh my Stage, gosh. where I'd never been, but to see him in it, and that's where I met you, and that's right. where we found love. <laughs> um, was that so, the, the Power of Duff? Is that what that was called? Yeah. Right. Yeah, Exactly. So just tell me quickly, this musical podcast, um, it's how many episodes and, and how did you do it? Like, did you just record in your bathroom? Like, how did right. you do a podcast at home? Yeah, so it's, it's, like it's called Bleeding Love. Um, it's this like very kooky, sort of like gothic steampunk musical. It's very funny. It's very sweet and moving. It's based on a story about Oscar Wilde. Um, oh. And it... Uh, yeah, the, the story is called The Nightingale and the Rose, and it's about this bird that sacrifices itself um, to sort of like champion someone else in the story to like make sure that the other person can experience true love. Um, oh. And so this is like a, a retelling of that story set in um, what we thought was like a sort of like fantasy world where people weren't, aside, weren't allowed to go outside of their homes. Um, oh my God. But then, How unbelievably. I know. Finally. Truly. And Sadly. Uh, it's it's a really cool, cool musical with like a million different musical styles. There, like, at times it sounds like Rachmaninoff and at times it sounds like Courtney Love. Um, and we... <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, how Sorry. how dare Love. you? When you say Courtney <laughs> um, Did you just say steam rock? Steam, steampunk? Maybe I did say steam rock, uh, but I meant to say steampunk. No. Steampunk is that a thing? Like that? I'm just too dumb. Like that's a thing. Steampunk is like um, top hats and goggles. Do you know what I mean? It's like um, it's sort like of like the Renaissance. Guys in Town? Say that again. The guys in Hades Town in there. Yes, yes, that's that is very steampunky. Um, okay, it's like an aesthetic. I love those overalls. It's an aesthetic. I bet my boyfriend had described it to me once. It's some steampunk okay. is like what what would today look like if the industrial revolution hadn't happened or something oh. like that? I might've gotten that your, wrong. Your boyfriend also Evan Hansen. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's just weird. It's All right. so weird. Um, uh, yeah. So the, the, that musical, um, we recorded a demo of it, of the songs like four or five years ago. And then this happened, this pandemic happened and, quarantining is now what we're we've all been ordered to do and so the yeah. creators of the show and the broadway podcast network teamed up together and decided to release it as a podcast and all of the actors who um, recorded the demo songs we recorded all the dialogue for the show in our respective apartments um and we put it all together that's yeah, so smart it's so cool that's and now it's being released in in three parts um the first episode came out today um, whatever today is, April. I have no concept of time in quarantine. April, same day. Yep. Uh, um, so wherever you are on same day, it's up. Yeah, there it is. Better. All right. Before we go, is there a little known fact about you that you can share? <sighs> um, the f- okay. The first thing that comes to my mind, mm. this is, I don't know what is going on. I went to my 
grandfather, my mom's dad is a cowboy, like lives on a cattle farm in rural Florida. And um, he took us to a rodeo when I was a little kid. And I remember being bored out of my mind. And there was a man like in the, like getting ready to ride a bull. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I wish something exciting would happen. And immediately after I thought that, the bull threw the man off of his back and he like trampled the man and he didn't die, but he was very seriously injured. And for months afterwards, I remember like feeling so bad, but also a little bit thrilled because I was like so certain I had made it happen. I was like, I am a witch and what a burden this is going to be moving forward. You know, my incredible powers um, yeah. but yeah, for months I was like, Oh no, I'm a witch who almost killed that man at the rodeo. You are the hottest witch <laughs> on the Broadway. You're just saying that cause I have a mask covering my entire face. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, Taylor Trench, I adore you. I adore I you. Here's a new segment on Little Known Facts. I asked listeners on my Instagram story to share some little known facts about themselves with me. And then at random, I've chosen three to share with you. So starting with at Ben Platt with an extra N shares, I was certified for CPR for dogs and cats at age 12. I had no idea that was a thing. And now that I know, I really want to get that done. So thank you, Ben and Platt for that. At Nathan Nolan Edwards shared, I converted my New York City bathroom into an office. I really hope you have another bathroom as well. Otherwise, I'm not sure how that works, but that sounds amazing. And at Claire.channel says, I'm playing Lucy this summer and it's the first principal role I've ever had. Well, from one Lucy Van Pelt to another, welcome to the You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown family. You'll see it is one of the most special shows to be a part of, and you are going to have the most glorious time. Please send me video. All right, everyone. Until next week, be safe. Stay home. I love you. Little Known Facts is edited by Nicholas Klar and recorded in New York City. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.